This is your boy Beto and Gloria. Man, y'all joining into that Think Twice podcast. I'm with motherfucking Max in the building. God damn, she is insane. Insane talk. Your mom's favorite American. Mexico too. What about you guys? What do you guys uh, typically do for? What are you guys doing for work right now? So, um, so right now I, I'm at well, the quick and loans thing. But so I'm technically selling uh, like mortgages, basically. So mortgages. Someone, someone needs to uh, get a, a like a loan for a house. We'll see if we can they can qualify. Qualification is always huge. And this is cool because I, I don't even know you guys really, so it's gonna be really fun to kind of just see what we talk about. A couple of strangers. I didn't even catch her name. What was your name? Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. All right. Once we get started, we'll get uh, we'll get nice and fired up. Gloria and uh, Beto, but Roberto, right? Mm-hmm. So I know you do uh, blo- like vlogs. Um, you make a lot of videos for YouTube mostly. Mm-hmm. How's that been so far? Uh, I really enjoy it. Honestly, like I was trying to figure out what I can do because since. I can remember uh, since I we we've been together for a long time. Even before that, I would make a lot of dumb videos to make people laugh. So um, I just I just ne- I could never grasp, you know, what I wanted to do. Till one day, I was like, well, I made a lot of short, stupid videos. Let me let me try YouTube. So that's how I got into it. Nice. So how many years you been doing uh, uh, vlogs for? So it's actually been a it actually been a year last month. So I completed a whole year, uh, but I think it's like twelve videos in total. About yeah, about twelve. And you can notice how you've gotten like better progressively. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah, I go back sure. and I listen to the first podcast I did, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I put that out there. But I was like, you know, I had to, I had yeah. to get started, you know. That's true. And uh, Gloria, what are you doing? I work for Aetna. Aetna, what does Aetna do? Medicare. Medicare, so uh, yeah. in person, like to. Um, well, actually, I handle grievances, so complaints. Oh, so, you got the fun job. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody <laughs> wants to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just basically I just get cases all day and just handle the complaints. I just do research and figure out whatever the complaints about, and then I just call back the problem solver. Yeah, pretty much. We need a lot of problem solvers. <laughs> There's one thing we'll never be short of is problems. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you guys both, uh, did you go to Apollo also? No, I went to Washington High School. Nice. And you went to Apollo, right, Roberto? Yeah. All four years? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so was I. And uh, where'd you go to grade school? I went to Melvin East Sign. So sign? sign? Yeah. I know, yeah, I know Sign. Nice. And uh, going out of high school, what did you think that you wanted to do? Oh, <laughs> uh, tough question. Uh, honestly, I had no idea. I just jumped into college right away thinking maybe I could figure out what I want to do. I actually like jumped four different type of degrees. I went from just gen- like the general base- basics, math, everything else. And then I was like, well, let me, let me do, uh, what is it, uh, CSI. So I went to that, I enjoyed it, but it still didn't catch my attention. So then I did um, forensic technology which is, I guess, a little different from that. And then I'm, I transferred to PC. So I went from GCC to PC, and I still wasn't intrigued, so um, I went to real estate school, and I finished the entire, I paid for it out of pocket, and then once I, in the end, I was like, 
No, no, I don't like that. So now I'm where I'm at now, thinking maybe quick alone, but no, still. But you're never gonna find out till you keep trying new things, right? That's the thing is most people won't try something new. You know, and you've gone through all these different stages and each one of those stages taught you something that you didn't know before and it's getting you closer to where you really wanna be. Because uh, I was going to real estate school also. Um, I thought that I was going to be in real estate. And then I started doing it and I was like, Jesus Christ, this is boring. But it was because the class is 90 hours. And then I learned a lot more about real estate. And I will be in real estate eventually, but not as a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. I feel like I wouldn't enjoy being a real estate agent. I don't really know how to like uh, stage a home or anything like that. You know, that's not really my strength. My mm -hmm. strength is more like the numbers and the business behind it. Okay. Um... And uh, what real estate school did you go to? Um, I guess as uh, that, uh, I guess a couple months, they had uh, a one-time real estate school in GCC. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Really? Uh, so I went there, and I guess there's other locations where they do it for free. So free real estate? That, that was like at least, like from what I remember, it was like 350 to 450 bucks for the class. That'd be nice to get it for free. Yeah, there's some. I guess there's some locations that did it, but I've never found it. And uh, Gloria, what are some things you tried in the past where you're like, this is definitely what I'm going to do with my future, and then you're like, Jesus, this sucks. Oh, God. Okay, so I started with nursing, um, and I wanted to go into um, pediatrics, and I actually had um, a talk with a girl that I went to high school with, and she was already working... She was working in a hospital and she was dealing with infants and she told me how you know like it's kind of hard at first and then like a baby dies on your watch and at first it's hard and then you kind of just get used to it and to me that was kind of like I don't think that's something that I can get used to you know so I don't know um, there's like little things here and there I kind of just decided like that that wasn't for me so I stopped doing that um, I was in the beginning of the program I was like into the program and everything and I stopped and then I decided I wanted to do um, criminal psychology and I didn't finish that either um, and I stopped going to school for it's been a few years now and then I just started working like just trying to you know, get a job and um, right now actually I'm looking into like an esthetician school because I like skincare um, but yeah that's what I've been doing. Cool. So uh, you like skincare. What are some other things you like? Besides that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I was still intrigued with the psychology, but. Um, oh, now okay. You're bringing it back to work, though. So okay. you're trying to you're trying to fit into work. How about just regular life? What do you like to do when you're not having to choose what you want to do for work? Because it's really hard to say, okay, I want to go into this field or that field when you have no idea what it right. entails. But the things that you do on a daily basis, like I'm sure Beto loves YouTube. He probably right. watches YouTube yeah. throughout the entire day. Yeah. So what he's choosing to do now is vlog. Mm -hmm. And eventually, if he puts everything he's got into it, he's going to end up making money through vlogging because right. this is America and it's capitalism <laughs> and it's incredible. So you like skincare, so you like like makeup and creams right. and that type of stuff. Yeah, and I also um, I would like to draw. You like, to, you like art. Yeah, nice. I like art. Cool. Those are two. That's a good combo: skincare and art, and makeup and art. Those go together like hand oh, in hand well, right? yeah. nice so what you should do is you should figure out if i really love to do this and i love skincare and i love art how can i make a business or earn an income from doing those things 
all day. Because most people, when they think about work, they think about doing something that they don't like to do and getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. It should be the exact opposite. You should be thinking about what do I love to do so much that I wouldn't mind if I made a lot of money or if I just barely got by. That way you're doing what you love all day long. So instead of going to school for something you know nothing about, maybe go all in on the things that you love to do. And then along the way, you'll probably make slight changes, just like you did in the past when you were kind of chasing after. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're almost like trained to go out and say, oh, that job that they talk about, I'm going to go try that out. Even though we know nothing about it, you know, like uh, criminology for some reason was huge. It was so popular, like with my... uh, my graduating class of 2013 I know so many people that went to study criminology and they thought like they were going to be FBI agents or whatever but then they started doing it and they're like well I don't really like this so much and I don't know what made it so popular it was probably like crime scene shows like CSI that type of stuff Mm -hmm. yep so we ended up liking watching CSI uh, but then once we realized like what it takes and like what we are actually doing on a day-to-day basis it's not really for us you know right So again, like real estate, everyone loves to talk about real estate because there's money there, right? And that's why that's what attracts everyone to there. Um, But if you don't love real estate and then the game of playing real estate and the game of having to hunt down a house and having to hunt down somebody to fit the house, you're not going to love it, you know? All right, Beto, back to you, man. So right now you're doing vlogs. I was watching a few of them the other day. They're pretty funny. Um, I know uh, one of the things you do is you'll just record like a I call a cultural event where you're just hanging out with friends and then you'll just get it on camera and it seems so simple but at the same time it's so like in depth like it shows you so much about what people are like and it shows what your community is like so somebody who may watch that from across the country or across the yeah across the country on the east coast or across the world in China like they get an insight into your life you know and that was cool. It, was, it wasn't like I was watching something that was uh, scripted. It was just, okay, here's what's happening in the life of Beto. Check it out. That was very neat. And then another skit that you did was going out to, uh, I think it was in Scottsdale. He was pretty excited to be in Scottsdale. It was his first time there. <laughs> uh, he started doing um, like almost like interviews where you would ask people a trivia, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how was that? Was that pretty fun? Yeah, man. I really enjoy it. Like, I love interacting with people and uh, like... The possibility of, of, of me like going up to someone and like asking them a question and them getting offended is very, very minimal. People like the, the spotlight. People like the camera in their face. And um, I just, I figure out a way to, you know, bring people into that. And just me liking communicating with people and yet some people liking that spotlight. So that's why, that's why I ended up doing. And um, I mean, it's not the best material, but like it's like you said, like I put it out there just, you know, just to, you know, critique it as myself and, you know, like I can do better than this after that. Exactly. And you're not going to do better unless you realize where you start, you know. So when you first started vlogging, what was going through your mind? If you can like kind of retrace your steps, think back a little bit, because like for me personally, when I started my podcast, I was like, I don't know what the fuck to talk about. Like yeah. you just start talking. So I just, I just did it. You know, I was like, I'm just going to talk about whatever comes to mind. So I talked about it. And then after a while, I started to kind of find a voice, which I'm still finding now. Is it the same for vlogging? Yes. So uh, I try to, I've been thinking about it for months uh, before I put out the first video. And um, I was like, what to do, what to do. And um, one of my boys that uh, that uh, was in prison for a bit, 
uh, he came out and he was with me for a couple months and he got like this you know how they people sometimes uh, banks are like oh you got to pre-approve for $70,000 or for something like that so he thought it was a real check but this one said like close to a million dollars so what happened was um, I told him yeah bro I think this is real and knowing I was fake so I you know encouraged him and uh, so like, let me record the experience of him like thinking it's real. So we literally uh, ran, went around and uh, we were acting like, I was posting it before the first video, I was posting on social media. I was like, damn, my boy just made a million dollars. And I'll say maybe about like 15 to 20 people were like, wow. He's like, damn man, you're lucky. He's like, bro, your, bro, your brother, uh, your bro is going to take care of you and stuff like that. He really did. Yeah. And, um. I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm happy for him. And I was like, well, since it's grabbing so much attention, let me post a video on it. So I did like a regular vlog where we went to thrifting and I posted a, a picture or a video of the check. And um, in the end, like I, in the end of the video, I basically said, you know, it was fake. And, <laughs> and uh, everybody was like, oh, like, damn, you got me and stuff like that. And that's what I got like easily two, 300 uh, views with them, like, Maybe a day or two. And all you have to do is mention somebody got a million dollars for nothing, right? Yeah. Isn't that amazing how people love the idea of getting paid for nothing at all? Yeah. So that's what, that's how I, I ended up starting it. So that's what got you going. And then I will, and then for, from there, it's kind of hard to top that, huh? Yeah, it was, it, it was, it's very tough to, to top that. But um, knowing me and my friends, I've, I've always, I'm not comedy guy that messes with people like um almost like a prankster basically uh, yes yes and that's what and um that's why i like doing too messing with my friends and stuff like that so another thing too just messing with people got me into that as well all right so so now i know always keep an eye on you (laughs) don't sleep on you all right (laughs) thanks for the heads up (laughs) all right so vlogging uh you're vlogging on youtube it's got to be difficult so um uh, a lot of this podcast is trying to get people to just go out and do what they want to do. When you first had the idea of vlogging, I'm sure you had doubts about whether or not you should do it, right? Oh, yeah. You were like, man, I don't know if I'd be good at it. I don't know if uh, I'm going to get bad feedback. Like, I don't know if anyone will even watch it. But none of that shit even matters, you know? All we have to do is just make it and put it out. If somebody watches it, awesome. That's fantastic. If one person watches it, that is so dope. Because you just influence one person. If nobody watches it, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, like, who cares? It was fun. And then you just do it again and again and again. And eventually, you get a couple of people watching. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people are afraid of is, like, not being incredible from their very first time they started something. But you got to realize, a baby did not start walking the first time it tried, right? It fell down hundreds of times. And then every, and then it finally started like stumbling along, holding onto the wall, and then, and then it would still fall down. And people don't want to fall down. People were kind of scared of that. By the way, uh, Gloria's wearing a badass Nirvana shirt. Everybody, <laughs> keep on rocking. Don't let rock and roll die. It's 2019. It's time to bring it back. <laughs> All right. So, Berto, you said you had some. You want to dig into my brain a little bit. So, one thing I want to do is I want to kind of switch it. I've been asking all the questions. Let's turn the tables a little bit. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I'm giving up the control on the podcast. You're in charge here. Let's have some fun. So, <clears throat> um, I mean, it's just going to start with simple questions. Just see you know where you're at. Like, um, I remember when you would post on um, 
on uh, Instagram, you'd ask random people. I think it was like for a dollar, uh, like a dollar question or something. A dollar like interview. Yeah. The dollar interview. Yeah, yeah. What what made you like? What made you do that? Um, I can't say a hundred percent what gave me the idea, but I'm like you said, I love interaction with people. Um, I spent a lot of time like on the street talking to everybody. So I talked to a lot of homeless people. I talked to a lot of people that are just in different scenarios. And at the same time, I can go out and talk to somebody in Scottsdale and hold a conversation with them, like North Scottsdale. So I have a pretty good range of people. And I always thought to myself, like, we walk by these homeless people every single day. Most of the time we ignore them. We won't even look at them. We get annoyed when they ask us for money, but we never take time to listen to their story. And part of the reason why we never take time to listen to their story is because humans are afraid of the unknown. You know, people don't like what they don't know and they're uncomfortable with things that they don't know. So what I did with homeless people is I was like, well, it'd be kind of cool if I paid them for their time. That way I'm not giving them money uh, for no reason. They're actually giving me five minutes of their time for a dollar. That's pretty fair. And I'll just ask them questions. So I remember I went out and I just went up to a homeless guy. I was like, hey, man, I, I and I had never done it before. I was like, hey, man, I do a, uh, a dollar interview. You know what? I think I remember the first interview I ever did. It was a girl, actually, that was not homeless. It was a girl who I so I uh, I've been in trouble with the police a couple of times, <laughs> um, mostly for driving. But I had to take this course. Um, and in the course, it was a group of people, people that had gotten, you know, ticketed for certain things and then uh, people that were just in tough situations and the video is still up on YouTube I can't remember her name at this moment but it'll Ashley her name's Ashley or Ashton her name's Ashton so if you look up the dollar interview featuring Ashton I believe that's the first ever dollar interview I did and I just asked her about her story because I kind of got to know her a little bit and I just asked her like what got you to your situation now what are some goals you have and it was really cool to see insight into her because I knew what situation she's in now and then I got to ask her about her experiences in the past. So I kind of got to see her perspective and some things she saw. And then I kind of took that and ran with it. And then I went and I started talking to homeless people and the same thing. And uh, the whole point of why I did it is because I love psychology. You know, I love the human brain. A lot of people, they study criminology, um, they study biology, or they study uh, mechanisms. I study society and people, kind of just naturally. So for me, it was all like really fulfilling to just learn all that. And I thought if I put it on video, post it on YouTube, then that gives those homeless people a chance to have other people get an insight into what they see life as. So somebody who would never would have met them before kind of gets to see life through their eyes. That's kind of the idea behind the dollar interview. That's like, that's pretty dope. And um, um, another question was, what, like, what, do you, do you remember the moment what made you realize, like, what I'm doing from after high school? Like, do you remember the steps you took to realize, okay, where I'm at now, I'm glad the steps that I took lead me here, or you just randomly, like, stumble upon it? And is that still a correlation to the dollar interview? No, just, uh, oh. yeah. I just okay. want to, random so, questions. Yeah, so um, during uh, high school, during grade school, I spent all my free time playing baseball. All of my free time I was playing baseball, which had good things and bad things about it. Um, bad things is I didn't get to practice more other things I could have maybe fell in love with. Uh, good things about it is I learned discipline, teamwork, a lot of other really cool things. Plus I got to meet good people and I stayed out of trouble. Now, once I left high school, I went into college, 
I was still playing baseball for two more years and I didn't like it. It was a terrible program. Sorry, GCC, but the program was absolute trash. Um, Coach Grant and Coach Trujillo did a terrible job running it. They did not care, but that's okay. It was time for them to move on. Um, but I hated baseball at the time and I hated being told what to do, where to be, what time I had to be there and how I had to do it by a couple of guys who didn't give a shit. And I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore. There's so much to life. I'm wasting my time here. So um, at that point, I had a really interesting time in my life. I kind of went wild for a little while. Um, I was always really well behaved all throughout high school, partied a little bit. But then in college, I was like, I'm going to go out there and do everything. So I kind of started getting into a little bit of trouble, started doing things I definitely should not do. Um, and then had a, a reality check. And at the end of that, I was like, yo, I'm kind of glad all that happened because I needed to get that out of my system. Because um, it was always on my mind. Once I got it out of my system, I was like, okay, now I realize I don't care about all that stuff. And then that's when I kind of transitioned into, okay, what's next? Like, it's time to go accomplish something. And at the time when that started coming to mind was when I was in college. I was taking some courses at Phoenix College during the day and I was working 40 hours overnight at a, a Chevron on 3rd Street and Indian School. So I would work from 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. and then I would go to school. And then I hated it so fucking much um, that I just knew I was never going to have a job like that ever again. And I knew that that was like time for me to get refocused. And I started reading books. I started listening to like... Uh, uh, audios and stuff like that that kind of got my mind geared more towards business and that was a huge shifting point for me um, but every single day now I realize everything that's ever happened whether it's good or bad was meant to prepare me for what's next um, I kind of feel like whatever we ask the universe for we're going to get punished for first or we're going to get challenged for first and then if we make it through the challenges the trials and tribulations then we'll get what we ask for that was a fun question though like it yeah i want because i mean you always interview other people so like i always want to know like what you know what you did before and stuff like that and um last no, random question is um uh what 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 made you uh be interested in uh, in politics like as in like trump wise um First off, Trump is an entertainer. He's a marketer. So he is, in my opinion, one of the best marketers um, known to society right now. Um, he says really wild things, and he says things that get, gets him in trouble, gets him a lot of attention. A lot of it is done on purpose because he knows, just like everybody else, um, in politics it's a little more difficult, but a lot of like uh, celebrities will say there's no such thing as bad publicity because when people are talking about you, they're talking about you. Whether they're talking good or whether they're talking bad, they're sharing that you exist with somebody else and that person's going to watch. And that person may or may not like you, but there's at least a chance that they're going to like you. So he chooses a market. Um, all he's done his entire life is business, which is I, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant. I think he's done a lot of great things in his life. And everybody on the face of the planet has bad sides to him, right? So does he. He's not God. Um, but I think that he's uh, extremely brilliant. Now, most people, when they think Trump, they think reality TV star. That is the last thing he is. He's a businessman. He is a real estate mogul. He is a marketer. He is a leader. He um, helped. He didn't write the books, but he co-authored some of the best writing books ever with a real ghostwriter that have influenced 
millions and millions of lives. Now, in today's world, because his political views are different than the typical elite political views, he's hated by all the people who run Hollywood, by all the people that run most news stations, by the people that own other large corporations. Their view of what the world should be is different than his. So that's why they give him a really negative connotation. So they purposely try to make him seem like he's racist or misogynist, but I don't necessarily, I don't at all honestly think that he is. I think he's a good hearted guy. I think he's a religious guy, but I do think he takes on that extremeness. Um, I've also watched a lot of his interviews from the past throughout the 70s, the 80s, the 90s on late night shows, and I got to see him evolve in front of the camera. Like you said, people love the spotlight. At first, he hated the spotlight. He was terrible in front of a camera, but then he kind of learned what the market wants and he started to give it. So I feel like um, he started off with real estate that got him his name, that got him his business, that got him his brand. And once he branched over to reality TV is when he got prepared to be a politician because he learned how to get ratings. He learned how to get attention. He learned how to do all that. But one thing that he's just known how to do his entire life is win. And any leader of any organization needs to know how to win, you know, and uh, I've read, I would say probably every one of his books and in every one of his books or especially like uh, the art of the deal, he says, um, you have to get people's attention. If you don't have their attention, you have nothing. So that's why he went out to build the tallest building in New York City. That's why he tries to build the most beautiful buildings or the most beautiful casinos is because he knows with the extravagance comes attention, which brings us back to your um, first vlog of a million dollars had 200, 300 views overnight because it was a million dollars, right? Nobody would have cared if you won a hundred bucks, but the fact that it was big and it was out there and he got it for no reason at all excited people. It was playing to their fantasies. True that. So he played to people's fantasies. Um, whenever he was gonna build a building, he would get the news to cover it for free by saying, I'm gonna build the biggest, most beautiful building in all of New York. And as I'm talking right now, I picked up one of my favorite books, The 48 Laws of Power, and I'm looking for the correct law. Um, but one of the laws of power has to do with play to people's fantasies. Okay. Here it is, um, law number 27, play on people's need to believe to create a cult-like following. He does that extremely well. Um, when he says, we're gonna make America great again. Great doesn't have a definition, right? It doesn't have like a specific thing. He's not saying America is gonna be this exact thing, but he's saying America is gonna be great again. He makes people like their imagination, he allows their imagination to work, and uh, he does it extremely well. So. Uh, Initially got me into politics though. I would say it would be the relationship I have with uh, my dad He always kind of talked about politics um, So that kind of got my ear into it. But um, again, I study people I study humans and politicians they play people and they play humans and they Not necessarily deceive humans, but they like kind of manipulate the brain in order to make them like them mm -hmm. So I kind of watch that I study it. I take notes on okay. How did they do it? Trump is, in my opinion, the best example in, in my lifetime. I didn't get to watch Reagan or uh, Clinton or uh, Lincoln or any of those guys, but since I've been watching politics, Trump is the best. Don't get me going on politics, man. Yeah, it's funny too because Paul, think about how much emotion is tied into politics. Yeah, a lot of people, um, if I mention Trump, they lose their mind. Yeah, you've I, seen that before, right? Yeah, it, it's it's insane because. Uh, like I was telling you, my, my brother is a, is a 
Trump supporter, and um, people like people go insane. It's like um, what I what I hate in general is like now in today's society, if if you like Trump, like everybody hates you. You're blacklisted. But, but yeah, exactly. And and it's like why can't you have your own like like why can't you choose what you like? You know, if someone likes blue. And everybody likes red. Why can't you be different? Why can't you know? Why does everybody have hate each other just because they got different views? Yep. You know what I mean? Be different and get along. Exactly. That's why that photo I have on my Instagram, where I'm standing next to a guy who has a sign that says "filth." It's such a powerful photo or image. Um, he doesn't look too happy, yeah. but you know, I've got a big smile on my face. I just got done having a conversation with this guy. We didn't argue. I just asked him what his thoughts were, and it was pleasant. You know, nobody started shouting at each other. And I said, hey, man, would you mind if we take a photo together? And he said, sure. So we took a photo together and we got along. And I feel like we should debate our views. But at the end of the day, get along. Yeah. You know, and that's how I like to discuss politics. Um, and I always have to tell people up front before I bring up politics, I have to say, Gloria, just so you know, I'm not one of those crazies who's going to start arguing with you. I just like to talk politics a little bit. So and then I kind of like ease it in. Um, another funny thing is I ask I talk to everybody, so every time I'm in an Uber, which is pretty often since I don't drive, is, uh, so what do you think about like the job Trump's done in office? Two years ago, people would act like they they didn't watch politics. Well, you know, I, I don't really pay attention too much, and I could always tell which people were pro-Trump and which people weren't, and as soon as I said, like, I think he's doing a really good job, they would talk for the next half hour about Trump. But they were so scared to bring it up at first. They were so scared to say that they were Trump supporters, and that's a problem, you know? If people are scared to, to speak freely, that's an issue. And, and it's crazy, because uh, Gloria right here doesn't uh, doesn't like Trump. Like, I don't hate him, I don't like him. I just I just want to, I like to hear other people's uh, opinions. And if someone asked me, well, what would you choose? Out of 100% out of honesty, I'd be like, I don't, I don't have a side. Right. I mean, there's always a side to something, but when it has to do politics... You're I, neutral. Yeah, I'm neutral. Because you don't know enough. You haven't looked into it enough to make a decision. Exactly. But Gloria, you're Hispanic, right? Yes, I am. So that you're told that Trump is against you, right? Right. But, I mean, like, like Beto, I'm still kind of getting into politics, yeah. so I'm still kind of... Um, I'm not saying that I support Trump, um, but I'm still kind of neutral because I'm still doing my own research. I right. can't 100% sh- 100% share say in confidence, you know, I you know what he's doing is wrong or you know like what either party, you know, um, what's wrong and what's right because I I I'm not like 100% confident that I know what I'm talking about regarding right. politics. Like I have my own beliefs, like 100% sure. Um, but I'm still kind of like trying to find, you know, what I'm leaning more towards because I still don't, not know, I'm not knowledgeable enough on that topic. And most people don't give a shit about politics. And that's mm-hmm. just, that's just how it is, which is why the media and Hollywood are a problem. Because mm-hmm. if I never paid any attention to politics, but I love movies and every single actor that I, that I look up to is telling me Trump's a bad guy then I'm going to think Trump's a bad guy, even though I've never looked into it, you know? And I think that's an issue. 
and um, and then when people get attacked like on social media or whether it's really in person on either side whether it's uh, left side or right side that's not that's not okay you know yeah. everyone should be able to do their research um, individually and then come to a conclusion and uh, you're Hispanic so the Hispanic community is told by the media and by Hollywood that Trump's a racist and that he calls Mexicans rapists and that he calls Mexican criminals which he said specifically that they're not sending their best. They're sending rapists, they're sending this, they're sending that. So he didn't say all Mexican people, but the way that they portray it, you would think that he did. Mm -hmm. You would think that he was talking so much shit about Hispanic people. And I'm in a really fun spot because my dad's white and my mom's Mexican. So she's from Mexico. And most of the majority of my family that I met is from Mexico. And I've only met like five people that are white in my family so i'm i would say more culturally hispanic than white so i get to see their side of things even though most of them are still in mexico um but i can see why somebody would be anti-trump because he doesn't want to just let everybody come across the border and mexicans they want to come across the border because there's opportunity on, on the north of the border and i 100 percent feel that but i think that we have to choose people that are going to be a positive impact on the united states we can't allow people that are going to be a negative impact on the United States. And I say that knowing my family. I have family in Mexico that would be, they would make great Americans, great Americans. And then I have family in Mexico that I would not want here because they make very bad decisions and they're not good people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want those types of people, whether it's my family or someone else's family, to make up our country. Right. Um, but I do believe immigration is a very good principle, a very good thing to have, but it has to be good immigration. It can't be allowed everyone. Uh, I have a cousin who I was speaking to not too long ago who is from Mexico, Agua Prieta, you know Agua Prieta? Mm-hmm. Vive in Agua Prieta, and uh, he said that there's people in Agua Prieta that are from Africa, they're from uh, Asia, that are from uh, the Middle East, and they stayed in, in Mexico and Agua Prieta because they initially wanted to come over and immigrate through the southern border to the United States, but they weren't able to make it. Oh, wow. So that shows you it's not just Hispanic people that are using it, it's the entire world. Yeah. And they know that that's a weak point. And then I always bring it back to, to war. Everything in my head relates back almost to like war and battle. There's a book by, by the name of Sun Tzu, or, or by an author Sun Tzu, the name of it is The Art of War. And one of his uh, rules is you don't besiege a walled city. So a walled city, you don't try to break down the wall and go through. They're too strong. And I highly, I strongly believe that. And I think Trump agrees with me on that one. I love talking politics. It's me excited. I love when people can conversate about it. When people start screaming at you, I'm kind of like, okay. No, I mean, we've we've talked about this before because like Beto's brother, um, he's all Trump. And we were actually having a talk. Um, it was at one of his cousin's birthday party. And I liked how we were all literally just sitting there talking. Nobody was getting mad. Nobody was yelling. We were all just saying what we like believe. And, you know, like we're disagreeing with each other, obviously, because we don't all agree on the same thing. But it's nice to be able to talk and not just like one thing that um, Beto actually said that his brother mentioned. Um, a lot of people talk with emotion when it comes to politics and I do that is a hundred percent true oh, yeah. yeah so what I feel like when you know it it starts to become emotion that's when you know it starts to get like heavy and people start yelling and you're not really listening to each other and you're not you can't really you know under 
you come to an understanding, I guess, in a sense. Yep, and it's very shallow, you know. Whenever you're making those decisions based off of emotion instead of logic, it's very shallow. Yeah. Because you ask them, why do you think that? And then they say, why do I think that? Because this. And they start screaming, <laughs> but it's not a really good reason. Whereas if you break it down and you say more like logically, like what that causes, what effect that has on maybe the economy or the, the environment or the right. community, then it's a lot more deeper. It's a lot more fulfilling to actually have that conversation. So I'm sure you guys all want to listen to uh, me talk about Trump more, but we're actually going to move <laughs> on. And uh, Beto, um, you've done 12 videos on vlogs. So why did you not do 112 videos? That's a, a really good question. Um, actually, can answer it. Um, uh, it's it has to do, it has to do with other things in my way for sure. Like I am aware of it. There's 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 obstacles. Uh, and what I mean by obstacles is uh, like like a, a job that I currently don't even want to be in, but I'm I'm so dependent on it that because I have to pay bills. But if 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 I found another job that was part time and I just had enough to pay everything, I would no I would not hesitate to go to it. But the reason why I didn't make a lot of videos is because I chose. I chose a, a different path that made me not as dedicated as to my YouTube and putting all my time and effort into the job. You just brought up such a great point. <clears throat> such a good point that a lot of people face. You just said, I had to do my job and I had to pay bills. How many hours a week are you working at your job? 65. 65 hours. Holy that's a lot of that's a lot of hours working at a job. Yeah. Okay, so sixty five hours a week are dedicated to the job. How many hours did you dedicate to videography per week? Um I'll say average including editing, maybe like about two, three hours a week. Cool. So the point is sixty five hours of your life a week were going towards something you don't want to do. Two to three hours of your week are going towards something you love to do. You've got to get that turned around somehow. Whether it's 20 hours doing what you love to do or 10 hours, it's got to be more than two to three. And that 65 hours a week, that's a lot, but there's still time left. There's still time left as long as you make it a priority to get that videography done. You know, So um, whatever we focus on is going to grow. If you're focusing 65 hours a week on being unhappy at your job, guess what's going to grow? Your unhappiness at the job, right? But if you start taking a lot of your energy and focusing on videography, and you start putting 10 hours a week next week, and maybe 12 hours a week, and then at one point you're doing 20 hours a week videography, 65 hours a week at your job, then videography just grow, grew, and maybe you get a gig doing videography for somebody. And then that gig gets it to the point to where you don't have to spend 65 hours at work anymore. You can only you can spend 40. So now you're spending 40 hours at work, and then, uh, well, the work that you don't like, the job. Mm -hmm. And then you're spending 40 hours on videography. You're working 80 hours a week still, but now it's it's even. And then you get another gig in videography. So now you're doing 60 hours a week in videography, maybe 20 hours a week on that part-time job. Well, you're not going to get a part-time job that's going to allow you to do more with videography unless you start feeding videography, start putting time, energy, and uh, commitment into it. So um, what everyone listening should do is whatever that thing is that you love to do, start feeding it with time, energy, commitment, um, ideas, 
just start feeding it energy because if you don't feed it it's not going to grow right so um if i were you i'd make a commitment of how many videos you're going to put out per month per week um, and stick to it how many videos do you wish you would have put out last year um i don't know maybe like 60 70 at least 60 to 70 nice so you that should you're really lucky because it's february 1st of 2019 how many videos have you released so far this year damn i think only like two two in january that's good though you're already a sixth of the way to what you did last so last uh year if i were you i would drop six to ten videos in february whether they're high quality or not drop six to ten because then you're gonna get six to ten videos better and then in March, 6 to 10. And then in April, 10 to 15. And then you're just going to get better and better at it. Um, with podcasts, I realized if I only do it like once a week or once every two weeks, no one's going to listen to it because it's not in anyone's head. Mm-hmm. But since I'm doing it two times a week after like 15 hour work days, by the way, after I'm doing it, uh, since I'm doing it like two to three times a week and I'm squeezing it in there, it's constantly on everyone's mind. And everyone constantly sees me talking about a podcast. Everyone constantly sees me posting about it. So it gives me way more attention because it's constantly on the back of someone's mind. Unfortunately, I don't have any haters yet. Guys, if you're out there, haters, I'm waiting. I need some haters. I need you guys to spread that that conversation to other people about how much you hate me. Because then again, they're going to be talking about me, right? True. And the more people are talking about you, the more listeners you're going to get. So haters, bring it on. Start listening. Let's go. I'm waiting. Jump into DMs. Instagram. Underscore Max Schober. I'll be waiting. Exactly. Yo, this will probably help me. This will actually probably help me. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a Trump supporter. Jump in my DMs. Come on. That's good. That's good. Alright, what do you guys uh what do you guys want to talk about? There's always something that's been on your mind lately. Um I was the when I was watching you guys' uh Brandon's podcast uh, uh when you when he was over here, you guys were talking about um like uh uh, working for someone that you don't enjoy because when I when I say a job like I say a job that I don't want to be at but I when I when I say at a place that I'm happy about I never say job so I'm actually really happy at this place I work at I when I say job is meaning like I I hate it even though I'm, I'm there pay bills it's either or it's either job which means I hate it or um or I'm at a location I actually like working at and um Brandon was talking about um, that he just he got tired of people telling him what to do, and you're saying that you know everybody has a different point of view, and um, like what what makes you like not being Brandon's shoes? Like what what makes you not be like you know what I'm I'm sick of being told what to do, and you know what I mean? Like I started looking for something that I love. And it's not gonna happen unless you start, right? Most people, they hate their job, but that's the end of it. They don't keep looking. You don't like your job and you're not looking right now because you're not spending 20 hours in videography a week. You're kind of almost giving up, but there's still the two hours that are keeping you alive. You know, you gotta realize if that went down to zero hours a week, then it died. The dream died. So you gotta start feeding that dream, start putting more. So with me, I was working overnight at Chevron, but I was, the whole time I was at Chevron, the whole time I was thinking about where am I going what's in my future what am I preparing for after I left Chevron I got a job upgrade working at scramble uh, breakfast joint and I, I needed that job for what I was asking for 
because that job made me way better with talking to people. I was talking to people all day long. I had to just BS the whole time, just talk to people constantly. And what I realized now is that job was preparing me for what I do now, which is what I really love. But in between scramble and what I do now, I was a landscaper. I uh, lost my license, so I couldn't drive, so I ended up working with my dad's small business. Super grateful for you, Pops. My dad's small business, Diamondback Landscape. I worked a year at Diamondback Landscape, and the entire time, throughout the whole day, all I was thinking about was what I was gonna do next, my business I was gonna do next. And I'm so grateful for that job, even though we're on 115 degree heat and you're dying the whole time, I was able to have headphones in and listen to audiobooks all day long. And it was it was really cool. I was able to get into like a deeper, deeper sense. Like I was able to get into a deeper part of my brain because you're just used to doing the same thing all day. You know, trim, 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 mm-hmm. mow, um, pick up the trash and then blow. Like you do all the same thing all day long. So your body just gets used to it. So it freed up space in my mind to where I could just listen to audiobooks for six hours, for eight hours and get a deeper understanding of like what they were actually saying. And that was a huge part of my life. That was a big year, even though some people may have seen it as you wasted a whole year landscaping. I invested so much of my time while I was landscaping into business by listening to audiobooks and by doing research. I used to carry like a little notebook in my back pocket all the time. And then I would get these like great ideas out of nowhere. I pull out my notebook, I write it down, I put it back in my pocket. And it's because I was focused on it, you know? So if you spent more focus on vlogging, you would get so many better ideas. You would get so many um, cooler skits that you would come up with, but that's not gonna happen if you don't focus on it. And then eventually that right job just lands for you. No, yeah, because there's this YouTuber I watch. His name is Casey. Casey Neistat. Yeah. Casey's the man, yeah, bro. Dude. He's the best. He's a, he, I really love watching his stuff. And there's one time where it opened, it opened uh, like, I just, I was mind blown because there was a part where before he got big in, in uh, YouTube, he said he used to be a dishwasher. And what happened was he hated the job like so much that he would literally force himself to think, what can I do next? What, like, I hate it so much. What do I need to do to, to go somewhere else? And that's how he ended up uh, thinking about doing YouTube, just film in general. And it's like, you have to start somewhere. Like, for an example, I mean, there's times where you find that one job where you enjoy it and that's it. But if you don't, I guess, have that one job as well where you hate it so much, it forces you to open your mind and be like well it makes you figure out yourself like well i hate this job what do i like doing what do i like painting do i like communicating with people and it forces you to do that and it did the same thing to me like all those jobs that i had i hated it so much and it literally made me think you know what do i need to do like what and that's what i want people to understand too when i do my my uh my videos is like I don't talk much about it but I want people to see my videos and be like this guy does it with a passion like they, I want them to be like well what's my passion I want them to reflect even though it has nothing to do with what they're trying to figure out I want them to know like well he's making videos what I want to find out what's my passion like you know what I mean like I'm watching I'm watching him he's it looks like he's having a good time you know what if I like you know, painting or what if I like, you know, doing some other shit, like, you know, you, you have to have that thought 
If not, you're going to stay in one place. Wake up, you're 75, and be like, you know what? I did nothing at all. That's scary, right? That is scary, man. That's scary. That's why I'm not afraid to fail that shit. Like, I knew I was going to be terrible at podcasting at, at the start. But I was like, man, if I don't do it, I'm going to be so mad at myself that I didn't do it. But you just learn along the way. Um, and uh, what you were just saying, that brings me back to uh, an analogy I always use. Uh, an idea like they want to find out what they do right and you get that idea of, well I do kind of like to do this if you don't take action like it dies right then that idea completely dies but when people guys when you get that idea you have to feed it and it's your brain baby you have to f- feed your brain baby because whenever you have an idea it's invisible it's in your brain it's not something that's like in real life yet it came from your subconscious it went from your subconscious into your conscience Whenever it goes from your subconscious into your conscience, your baby just grew a little bit. But now you've got to get it from your sub, from your conscience into reality. The only way to do that is to start feeding it with energy, start feeding it with thoughts, start feeding it with time. And once you've fed it enough in your conscience, then it becomes real. I'm holding a pencil in my hand right now that was at one point a figment of someone's imagination. And then they thought about it so much and they put so much time and energy focusing on it that now it's something that I can hold in my hand and use just like they imagined it was. But if they would have never fed that idea, this pencil would have never existed. Same thing with you finding your dreams. If you don't focus on your dreams and you don't feed them, your dreams will never exist. Guys, thanks for listening to Think Twice. This is Showtime. Out.